sorry, it's kind of bumpy in this truck today. Um, anyway, I just wanted to, sorry, let me try to get this video right. Maybe, maybe there, maybe y'all can see me there. Anyway, I'm riding in the back. We're going to go um, visit Jared for his birthday. But the Lord showed me some things about the Tower of Babel that are so amazing that it's going to blow your mind. So this video is going to take a little bit longer. I would love for you to stay and watch it during the whole live video. If you can't, that's okay. Just watch it whenever you can because I'm telling you this is going to bless you and it's going to change your understanding of what happened at the Tower of Babel. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back to some things. First of all, let's talk about, um, about a guy named Nimrod. This is who this whole story revolves around. It's going to get a little crazy and it's going to sound a little nuts, but when I get through explaining it, you'll understand exactly what happened and exactly what spirit is still in the earth today. Okay, so there's a flood. There's a giant flood. I'm not going to go into why there's a flood or anything like that, okay? Just know, when you want to look this up, look up what it says about the flood. It says that Noah was perfect in all his generations. That means that he was 100% human. I'm not going to get into that. If you want to know more, just message me and I'll tell you the story of Noah. But anyway, there's this flood, okay? And after the flood, there's Noah, his wife, and his three boys, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives, and they are to repopulate the earth. And they have a vineyard. Well, Noah gets drunk one night, you know this story, right? And he passes out in the cave, and Ham, his one of his sons, sees, the Bible says, it says that he saw the nakedness of his father. Now, we don't really know what that means, but we do know that in Leviticus, that if you see the nakedness of your father, it could mean that you've seen your mother naked or that you've slept with your mother. Because it, it's the same way in Leviticus, if you sleep with your mother, it says that you've uncovered your father's nakedness. We don't really know what happened. All we know is that Noah wakes up, finds out that Ham saw his nakedness and was furious. So here's where a lot of people miss this story. We're gonna get into Nimrod in a second, but what they miss it is they think that Noah woke up and cursed Ham, but he didn't. He woke up and he cursed Canaan, who is Ham's son, okay? I gotta change hands. Okay, so he wakes up and he says, curse shall Canaan be, right? And so Canaan, we can see this curse throughout Israel's history. That's the land of Canaan where the Israelites had to drive out the giants. Remember all that, there's a whole lot to it. However, let's, um, let's talk about what happened in the valley of Shinar, okay? So they have this big this big flood and they're repopulating the earth and they're busy. They're repopulating the earth and the people, they know this story of the flood, okay? And now, now they're afraid. We find that the Bible really doesn't tell us very much about it. This, you can read the account of the Tower of Babel in, um, in Genesis 11. But Josephus, Flavius Josephus was a Jewish historian and he wrote the story of the Tower of Babel in a little more detail, and praise God that he did. So, according to Josephus, in Antiquities of the Jews, Book 1, Chapter 4, he tells a little bit of what was going on in the heart of these people. So they lived in this mountain where Noah's Ark rested, Mount um, Ararat, okay? And so this is where they repopulated, this is where they're living. And so what happens is, these people are freaked out. They don't want to go down into the Valley of Shinar because they're afraid that God's going to send another flood. He's going to get pissed off and he's going to send another flood. So they don't want to go down there. Well, Noah encourages them. This is all in, in Josephus' version of what was going on. This is, again, not in the Bible. Very little bit about it in the Bible. So 
So they're afraid to go down into the valley, but Noah's encouraging them to go live in the valley. Well, they say, okay, well, let's go live in the valley. So Noah has a son, and his name's Ham, who has a son, and his name's Canaan, and Canaan is the one that's cursed. Well, Canaan has a son, and his name is Nimrod. Now, it's really interesting that in this day and age, we use the word Nimrod to um, call somebody stupid. But Nimrod wasn't stupid. The Bible tells us that he was very talented and very, very intelligent. So, so Nimrod, not only is he very talented and very intelligent, he's really, really charismatic. People love Nimrod, okay? And so Nimrod has this hatred for God. He doesn't understand the flood. He doesn't understand why he did it because he's hardened to God because he has all these abilities. He's very strong. He's very intelligent. And he says, you know what? God's not making me happy. I'm making me happy. And he starts contacting all the people that have gone down to the Valley of Shinar. And he says, you know what? You're not happy because God, you're happy because of your own um, achievements. You're happy because you have this strength. You're happy because you have these talents and abilities. He gives no recognition to God. In, in Josephus, in Antiquities of the Jews, it says that he wanted to control the people. He wanted to make his government a tyranny. But he knew that unless he got all the people dependent upon him, he wouldn't get them away from honoring or fearing God. In other words, they were going to listen to God unless they were dependent on a man-made government. And to get them dependent on a man-made government, they needed encouragement by and um, enabling by that man-made government. And I'm just, I'm just asking you right now, while I'm talking about this, what government do you know is encouraging people to believe in their own strength, their own ability? You're responsible for your own happiness. Whatever you have done brings you happiness, not God, right? Well, that's what the same people in the Valley of Shinar at the time after the flood were feeling. So Nimrod takes this, takes this moment and he says, this is my chance. This is my chance to become the leader of the world, okay? So he convinces them. He says, you know what? He says, I'm going to prove to you that I'm stronger and that I'm your protector, that you can depend on me for your sustenance, you can depend on me for your guidance, you can depend on me for everything, for your safety. So he convinces them to build this tower, the Tower of Babel. And so at this point, don't forget that everybody spoke the same language on the whole earth, okay? And so Nimrod says, let's build this tower. So they start building this tower. And if you read um, the accounts of the Tower of Babel, it's really thick and they actually build it so that it's waterproof they build it with whatever ancient mortar they were using was absolutely waterproof you can see that in the account that Josephus writes and so they build it waterproof and they get it so far well God goes down he says what are the children of men up to what are the sons of men up to he goes down and he says he sees this thing now in the Bible it says that they wanted to build it to be up to God but in Josephus, he really expounds on this and he says what they were trying to do is they were trying to protect themselves from God because they didn't understand the heart of God that he wasn't going to ever bring a flood. He actually goes so far as to say that God even said to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus because if you read it in the Bible, let us see what the sons of men are doing. He's talking to Jesus and the Holy Ghost and he says... He says, these men, the flood didn't scare them. So I'm not ever going to send a flood because they're not becoming any wiser because their generations got wiped out. Therefore, I'm going to confuse their language. 
because whatever they can do and communicate with one another, excuse me, correctly, they have, they have no limits to what they can do. God knows that if they put it in their hearts, at this point, the Holy Spirit hadn't been given, their, their hearts were still fully evil, okay? And so God said, they have evil in their hearts continually at this time, so if they can communicate with one another, then they will be able to rebel against me forever. And God didn't want that. God wanted a relationship with his people more than just Noah's family. He wanted a relationship with every person. And he said, I'm not going to allow this. I am going to separate their language. Okay, so there's that. There's the biblical account. But let's talk about something that's very interesting. And we don't really know this. Living in Texas, living in the 21st century North America, really far away from the mysticism of Eastern cultures, from weird religions and from you know things that that are that just don't make logical sense we don't really have an understanding but here's what happened okay so Nimrod has all the people building this tower right and he's got this wife who her husband's off working all the time her name is Semiramis and so she starts having an affair well she gets pregnant but Nimrod is killed like right right before she gets pregnant and so she's like oh my gosh um, everybody's gonna know that I've been screwing around on my husband and that's not gonna look good a and B I'm gonna lose all the power when they find out that I've been screwing around on their hero so she comes up with this story she says this is before God separated the language okay she says to everybody well Nimrod's dead and he's dead and he has reincarnated as the son and because he's the son now he has made me pregnant by his rays and I'm supernaturally pregnant by the rays of the sun so she gives birth to a baby and she names him Tammuz and she says to all the people that Tammuz is Nimrod who's come back to life right he's reincarnated he's still the sun and now he is the son of Tam of Nimrod and Semiramis and he has been reincarnated so sorry my hair is kind of bugging me he's been reincarnated so that he can finish the work that he set out to do, okay? And so that's the that's the reason that Semiramis says this. Well, God comes down and he separates the language. So what happens? All these people, because they speak different languages now, how many of you know, when you don't speak the same language as your neighbor, you tend to separate yourself from them. You, you tend to take yourself out of the place that you don't really fit in or that they can't understand you or get you, and you go to somewhere else, okay? So... This is what happens. This is the segregation of the people. So people groups go to different places all over the world. And you know what's interesting is they all develop a religion where they're going to worship the sun. Where did they get that religion? They got it from Semiramis. They got it from Nimrod. They got it at the Tower of Babel. You can find this in Hinduism. You can find it in um, all kinds of different religions. Buddhism has it. Um, some Chinese religions that I can't say the names of, they have it. There's all these different religions. If you ask a Wiccan um, about this, they'll say, you know what, my religion was around before Christianity was around, and the goddess Oster had a baby supernaturally. And they got that story from Semiramis and Nimrod. And the reason they have that story, the reason they've perpetuated that story, is because the devil knew, the devil knew that Jesus the Messiah would have to come through a miraculous birth because remember in Genesis God said to the serpent he said the woman's seed will will bruise your head 
and you will bruise his heel. Well, we never talk about the woman's seed. We always talk about the man's seed. It's the man's seed, right? He goes and sows his wild oats. So it's always the man's seed. So Satan picked up on that. And Satan knew that the, the, the Messiah was not coming through a traditional um, union between a woman and a man. So he did everything he could do to concoct some kind of supernatural birth or a lie of a supernatural birth so that when the real Messiah came, then people would, it would be easier from, for them to doubt that he was the real Messiah. So why am I telling you this story of what happened in the Shinar Valley? Why am I telling you this story for that happened so many years ago that really doesn't seem to affect us in, you know, 21st century North Texas? The reason I'm telling you this story is because it's the same devil. So what he did then is what he does now. He knows the story of healing. He knows that that God heals his people, that God provides for his people, that God has given peace to his people. And so he is bringing up a man. If you read Revelation, you'll understand. He's bringing up a man that will bring peace, okay, at the end of the world. there The Bible says that there will be signs and wonders that, if possible, will deceive the elect. Well, let me tell you something. If you've never seen somebody miraculously healed, you're not going to believe in it. You're only, it's only going to become commonplace if you see it all the time, right? So what's Satan going to do? He's going to replicate it. He's going to replicate the story over and over and over. That's why Jesus Christ tells us in Matthew 24, if they say, look, the Christ is in the field, don't go out. If he says, look, he's in the inner rooms, don't go in. He says, Christ is coming on the clouds and everybody's going to know when it's the real Christ, okay? So I'm telling you that in Jesus' name, be aware of the tricks of the wicked one, that he's done this before. He's mimicked the stories of the Bible so that those people who are ignorant, so that those people whose hearts are hardened because they really want to trust God, but they just don't, so that they won't believe in the Messiah. Don't be one of those people. Don't be hard-hearted to the truth of what God is showing you. Let what I've shared with you today make you understand the tricks of the wicked one. And take these lessons from the Valley of Shinar. That God is your provider, God is your source, God is your protector, God is the lover of your soul, and He is the answer. Jesus Christ, through Him, is the only way to God. Alright y'all, well we're almost where we, need, where we need to go. I love you, and Jesus loves you. See y'all later.